Well, welcome to another episode of The Deep Dive, in which we take a deeper look at the topic or passage of focus from the weekend's message. My name is Brad. I'm joined by Dan. Did we do last week's together? I think so. X13? Yes. Oh, they all kind of blur together, this this story of... I, I would like to highlight something that's a feature. Go for it. So uh, my back is still kind of stiff. Oh. So I have lowered my chair. Okay. But the last people to use this table are tall people. Uh-huh. And your chair's still up, and my chair's way down here. So um, just enjoy the optics of uh, the, the, the height differential. And now everyone who's listening on podcast uh form is leaving and going to youtube right now to see that's right dan resting his chin on the table <laughs> while they're talking <laughs> i'm sorry we should have uh, put the table at standing height oh no i could have uh, asked well anyway today we are continuing in our series uh the church the world needs going through Whoop, the book there of, it is love it going through the book of acts and this past uh weekend uh, we were in acts chapter 15 and we had kind of a a unique um message format there you me and paul we're all uh, yes we kind of did the message together well we did the message together yeah um but it wasn't like a conversation as much as it was one message with three perspectives kind of woven through i i enjoyed it but it was definitely a, a different yes different move um so we we spent a little bit of time in the text because this is where it we were grounded but it was mostly application like hey how as uh, followers of Jesus, are we called to uh, handle conflict? Kind of using Acts 15 as a case study, if you will. Mm. Um, so we, we talked about, um, you know, owning our part. We talked about what it makes for a good apology and, like, what is good forgiveness. Um, but wanted to, in this deep dive, really spend time more time in the text itself. Like, what was this conflict that um, was, was happening in the early church? And then maybe a couple different... Uh, maybe two different perspectives on kind of the nature of this conflict, because there are different assumptions I think that we make, even as we open up other areas of Paul's writing where we think, oh, this equals that, and that wasn't always the case. All right, so Dan, in Acts 15, what's uh, what's going on with this Jerusalem council? Well, as Paul says in Galatians chapter 1, if they are preaching any gospel other than Christ, uh, let them be accursed. So what's happening in Acts chapter 15 is something that um, it actually makes a lot of sense, and it seems like a natural consequence to a successful first missionary journey. Mm-hmm. So Paul, uh, Barnabas, and Mark, right? They're mm-hmm. all traveling John around, Jeff. Yep. And then um, they're traveling into the Gentile world, yep. and they are uh, preaching about Jesus. And they, and they always they start in the synagogue. That's right. And they talk to as many as they can, and then they go to the streets, and yep. they start talking to others. And both Jew, Jew, Jews, people with Jewish heritage, were mm-hmm. accepting Christ, and mm-hmm. Gentiles, non-Jews, people without any connection to the story of Yahweh, the Old Testament scriptures, even the you know Jerusalem where Jesus was cru- crucified, like all of that, um, no connection at all, they're believing too. Yep. And so the question comes up, uh, and it's kind of natural because in the Jewish faith, heritage meant a, a lot, if yeah, not everything. Everything. I mean, yeah. even like some of the uh, different theological, you know, way, ways to interpret or understand a lot of Paul's writing really comes down to is, you know, is this 
like what what did what did it mean to to be just like where was justification found in the yep. Old Testament like and it was found in the the people of God and the customs of yes. the people of God yes and I, I mean as Americans living in the Midwest in 2023 I I just think we have a lot of distance from that kind of culture yeah. um our family like lineage stuff is um sometimes it gets wrapped up in celebrity kind of conversation mm-hmm. and so like. Very few people are known by their family of origin, mm. except for the Kardashians, which is regrettable, and the Kennedys, and you know all of that. And we may know our individual histories, yeah. but Brad, like your Aslan family story, mm-hmm. and my, um, you know, my my birth and my mom's last name is Zaro. Like I, I come from an Italian family, where heritage means a lot, but what's different is heritage doesn't mean anything transferable between hmm. two people. So in this context... Sorry, um, would it would it like just completely change your identity as a person if you like weren't Italian? Yes. Like my wife, yes. um, she knows somebody who did one of those like 23andMe and yeah. like thought Uh-oh. they were full 100% Woo! Italian. They did the test. They were actually 0% Italian. They were Greek. I... <laughs> that happened to a friend of mine, actually. Yeah, really? That's really funny. Yeah. It was primarily Greek. Yeah. Yeah, I won't do the test for that reason because <laughs> grandma's Sicilian and grandpa's mainland, and yeah. that's enough for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. No, you're, you're right. It's actually very funny how proud I am and how mm-hmm. much of a landmark that is in my own personal reference. Um, but our culture isn't constructed that way. Theirs was. Mm-hmm. So for Jewish people, to believe in Jesus as the Messiah was a significant step. Yep. To believe that Jesus was actually changing the way heritage mattered mm. was an even bigger step, and to believe that Jesus was changing the way Moses mattered um, was also a big step. So it all comes together, yeah. because when a non-Jewish person believes in Jesus, they don't have the heritage, they yep. don't have the connection to Moses, but they do have the connection to Jesus. And the question becomes, is this story that we're part of um, powerful enough to bring somebody in yeah. on, on the force of Christ alone. Yeah. And it was a big deal. And so what was happening is, um, you know, this, it, I mean, just like anything, this kind of organic. People are talking to people and other people are believing. And some within the Christian group mm-hmm. who had strong uh, Jewish heritage inclinations start asking the question, hey, shouldn't all those people start acting more Jewish because yep. now they're accepting Christ too? Which for them, I mean, it was everything, as you already said. Like it, right. it, they didn't have a paradigm or a framework for that not being part of what it meant to That's follow, right. to follow God fully. That's a really good way to say it. For them, they were asking questions of faithfulness. Yeah. Um, the best way I could say it is to just kind of bring it way down to the the level of well, my chair, a little lower than the table. Um, <laughs> but it's you know, were they Christian enough? Yeah. Was the question. And so the council is held, and there's some significant voices that speak into mm-hmm. it. Peter speaks. Uh, so leader of the church, you remember right. from Acts chapter 10, like he had received a vision. You know, he had been somebody who kept all of the law, all the customs, receives this vision. Hey, go, here's animals, go, kill, eat. Um, completely flips his paradigm. Yep. Um, James is there. It's a half-brother of Jesus. Leader, leader of the yeah, Jerusalem Leader church. of the Jerusalem church, That's which right. was very Jewish in nature, being and, Jerusalem. Yeah. That's right. And he, uh, that might be my favorite quote on the deep dive, besides what we cut out from earlier <laughs> in this segment. Um, what, I, 
I think what's interesting there is James isn't saying it's fine for those people over there to do their non-Jewish yeah. things. He was saying they're just as much a part of the Church of Jerusalem mm-hmm. as the Church of Jerusalem is a part of the church over yeah. in, like, you know, well, Antioch, Ephesus or, or Antioch. Antioch. That's yeah. right. Pamphylia, like yeah. all of these places. I don't know if I said that one right. But it, James speaking up and affirming this is really a big deal. It's a huge deal. And then the end of the story is that, okay, so everyone agreed with the exception of um, those who, who were just kind of, they were they were hardliners in mm-hmm. a sense, and they stuck with that. And they, um, they continued to cause trouble, um, you know, for Paul and for other churches. Mm-hmm. A lot of times there's a, a significant writing. It's on my shelf. I don't remember the author, but it was about Paul, and and they drew up, um, I think what's true is that as these missionary journeys were happening, these hardliners were following behind Mm -hmm. and talking to the new Christians about being more Jewish. And so this is where writings from like Galatians, Romans, other things, like Paul's whole discourse in Romans chapter 4 about even Abraham was justified through faith uh, in his in a relationship to Yahweh before he was circumcised, mm-hmm. which was the big sign of the, the Jewish faith, mm-hmm. um, shows that faith matters more. Um, so this story, Acts 15, gives context for so many other things, he says, including Galatians 5, mm-hmm. where Paul gets really, really strong. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll try to say this more reverently than when we cut it. But Paul says, um, okay, if they're going to be so adamant about circumcision, then they should just show how zealous they are and um, remove remove everything. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul gets sassy, gets a little saucy, but there's a lot at stake here mm-hmm. because the question, how, quest- how Christian is Christian enough, mm-hmm. is a question that still plagues us today. Mm-hmm. So. And so then, so James, he presents this kind of... Um, this solution, this yep. the compromise, they accept it. Uh, not really a compromise, but uh, they they accept it. Like, hey, that's a good that's a good move. What um, the Jerusalem Council is something that uh, it I don't know. I have these pictures in my mind. I think maybe of like it came from uh, some of the Ooh. conversations in like the Reformation. Where, this is a great question. Yeah, what comes to mind? How were they seated? Yeah, what were they wearing? Oh my goodness! So they're probably in like a big semicircle, and there's a table with the front. No, I'm just joking. Like it's a little Inquisition, right? It's, sure. it's kind of my mind. Or maybe they're. Uh, uh, I don't know. It's like the you know that famous painting where they're signing the um, like the Constitution, yeah. the Declaration of Independence. I forget which one. Yeah. And it's like this majestic like. Yeah, there's thing, glowing p- parts it, of the room. And, and, yeah. and yet, whenever then you go and you read, like, accounts of those places, there was a lot of fighting oh, and yeah. uh, skirmishes. Yeah. Like, I don't know, I, I kind of have both of those in my mind. Sure. Like, some Rembrandt painting of, you know, these men with the halos, sure. but then also, like, hey, they were kind of heated. And I'm not sure that's the the case here, and yet that's where I think maybe maybe that's, that speaks more of, like, how we view conflict conflict in our culture yep. than it does actually how they handle conflict in theirs. Yes. That conflict now happens over on you know Twitter with people yelling at each other. Mm. Um, yeah. And here... Well, it, yelling in each other's direction. Yeah. Like. So it seems, though, that um, at least when I've read about or heard about the Jerusalem Council, it's like you had these two factions, right? You had the Gentiles uh, and had, versus the Jewish <laughs> uh, Christians. When... A more careful examination of the text is it's actually a, a smaller 
yeah. the Pharisaic yeah. sect of the Jewish yeah. Christians. Like yeah. you have James and Peter, who are both Jewish by heritage. Right. Um, they are very much affirming yes. the the gospel and the work that Paul and Barnabas and others are leading Gentiles um, to embrace. Yeah, it's it's amazing what a few uh, grumpy souls can accomplish uh, if they desire to. Yeah, but yeah. So there's a couple, um, like two different like in- interpretive pieces mm-hmm. here. Um, Paul alluded to to both those. You want to give us just kind of a, a recap on on that? Um, are we talking about the conclusions about here are the four things then that mm-hmm. all Christians yep. would abide by? Yeah. Okay. Um, so the decision gets made um, that they're not going to uh, put like the law of Moses or the Jewish heritage weight on anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I like verse 11 a lot, but we believe that we will be saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus, just as they will. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the most like dope Reformation verse yeah, in yeah, all yeah. of Scripture, yeah. like faith alone and Christ alone. Yeah. And then um, it says that all the assembly fell silent, and they listened to Barnabas and Paul mm-hmm. as they talked about what God had done among the Gentiles, and they continue on. And then in verse 19, therefore, uh, my judgment is that we should not trouble those who turn to God, but mm-hmm. should write to them to abstain from the things polluted by idols and from sexual immorality and from what has been strangled and from blood. For from ancient generations Moses has had in every city those who proclaim him, for he has read every Sabbath in the synagogues. So there's a few things going on here, and I'm going to be very candid. I am still learning what all of this means. So I've learned a lot in our getting ready for the sermon, and I learned a lot from uh, listening to Paul and that. Um, On first reading, it kind of sounds like they say, um, hey, we're not going to put all of Jewish heritage or all of the law of Moses on these new believers, but we are going to pick these four things Mm-hmm. That are gonna make it clear that like we're on we're not against Yahweh or something mm-hmm. like that. Like we're gonna do like the uh, the law of Moses light mm-hmm. L I T E. Yep. And so that's one interpretation, and that shows up in study Bibles mm-hmm. that oh they they picked the things that would be most offensive to a Jewish mm-hmm. person because there is in Christianity the idea that we're not really here to just go offend. We are here to be uh, set apart. It's kind of the, the stumbling block argument. Yeah. That's what the, yeah. is happening here. That's right. Um, Paul has a different perspective. He shared it on Sunday, and um, I think there's a lot of weight to it. Mm-hmm. The uh, the things that are listed here, yes, they're, they're, they are in the Mosaic Law, but more um, maybe relevantly, mm-hmm. they show up in pagan uh, idol worship practices. Yep. And so... Um, it actually accounts for why it would matter to a Jewish person as well and why it would even have been in the law in the first place. Mm-hmm. But um, the, the point seems to be um, if you're a worshiper of Jesus, you're a worshiper of nothing and no one else. Mm-hmm. And those other practices, the ones that are listed, uh, things polluted by idols, sexual immorality, uh, things that have been strangled from, and blood, mm-hmm. those things were all cultic idol worship. Mm-hmm. like known mm-hmm. cultic idol worship uh, cultural markers. Mm-hmm. And so it seems like what Paul is saying is like, hey, I don't care where you are when you believe, but when you believe, uh, I'm going to use our phrase, Jesus matters most, mm-hmm. and you need to make your choices by that. Yeah, that's a. I think Tim Keller is a proponent of this uh, particular thing. I think that's what Paul was talking about whenever we were doing our teaching team prep um, mm-hmm. for this passage, yep. which on that note, like... Oh, you guys listen or follow uh, news around evangelical circles, but um, Tim Keller, uh, who's a 
pastor, theologian, biblical scholar, um, passed away uh, over the the weekend, end of last week, and uh, I know I've been very influenced by his writings. He's one of uh, there's a couple uh, on my shelf where if you go into my you know my own personal <laughs> library, like it's like oh I've got a lot of books yep. by this one guy. And um, so anyway, I just wanted to acknowledge that here. He, he's made such a contribution to to the church. You know what's cool? Hmm. Um, Tim Keller's hope in Jesus as his life wound down a little too early mm-hmm. is remarkable. Like if you yeah. can catch accounts of things that he said or said to family or to friends, um, it's pretty cool. It's really cool. It's inspirational. It's really cool. So, so, so yeah, basically this, this big idea, hey, don't pull Jesus into these other pagan spaces of, yep, of worship. That's right. Um, the, we and you see throughout you know the New Testament whenever Paul is writing to different um, you know to different churches, different groups, like this idea of like syncretism of like combining um, the message of the gospel with other worldviews, other religions, other thoughts. Um, yeah, I love how you just said that. Like Jesus matters most, and Jesus only matters most when he matters. Only, <laughs> you know, um, yep. in terms of our of yeah, our worship. That's right. So, following Acts fifteen, or not following, I guess it's still in Acts fifteen, the end of Acts fifteen. So, following this situation of the the, the Jerusalem Council, there's a letter mm-hmm. um, that 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 goes out where the um, again we don't have we don't have Twitter. No one's live tweeting this this event, although that could have been amazing. Uh, we don't have Twitter. We don't have you know kind of modern you know means of communication. So a letter goes out to Gentile believers just affirming, hey, here's what was discussed and here's what was decided on. Not that it was, I mean, it was authoritative in the sense that like you have apostles right there, but... I love this letter. I mean, what it says in the text is, since we heard that some people went out from us and troubled you with words unsettling your minds, although we gave them no instructions, (laughs) it seemed good to us. Having been in agreement to choose yeah. people and send them to you, send them with Paul, you know, beloved Barnabas yeah. and Paul, and they're sending Judas and Silas. It's just like they're like, ah, we didn't create this mess, but uh-huh. we're willing to like do everything we can to like just to comfort you and yes, the Lord. Exactly. Yeah, it was good. So the letter goes out, and then uh, Paul and Barnabas, um, who you know they had traveled together along with John Mark uh, on the first missionary journey. Um, they're actually going to separate. And we don't really know the full nature of their disagreement. We know that Mark maybe wasn't always there. We, they separate, but they separate in the Lord, and they're okay with it. Mark, um, it's interesting. Mark, yeah. like, just dipped on him. I he mean, that's left. what the kids say. He just um, got, yeah. He, uh, <laughs> they were going along, <laughs> Acts 14, I think, or maybe even yeah, 13, yeah, yeah. and, like, things are going well, and, yeah, Mark just goes home. Yeah. Um, yeah, and like, there's so much of me that wants to make jokes about. We all know uh-huh. that friend. We you all know, know like, that friend. Yeah, we don't actually. Or, know or even like on. Paul and Barnabas. I made a joke, you know, a couple weeks ago that you know Barnabas, he's the encourager, so of course he's gonna he's gonna go back to Mark and encourage him and be part. And Paul is the he gets kind of the rap for being this you know fully focused, high commitment, doesn't really tolerate a whole lot. Of, I mean, the dude shipwrecked. He was beaten. He I don't know. He'd be a he'd be kind of a hard person, I think, to travel with at times. He's he's mysterious. He self describes yeah. himself in Second Corinthians eleven because of what yeah. people are saying. He's not. He's yeah. aware of his critics. Yeah. And he says, you know, you say that what I write is strong, but I'm meek and timid when I'm uh-huh. with you. Yeah. So yeah, it's just totally 
Yeah. It's it's very interesting. I it is interesting that what we do get, I mm-hmm. mean, it's not a full explanation, but it it says that um Paul thought it best not to take with them one who had withdrawn from them in Pamphylia mm-hmm. and had not gone with them to the work. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> who knows? <laughs> like was that just a who knows? A line but, in the sand, or was that was there more to it? Like we but don't know. In that process, you now have more gospel work being done. Yeah. Paul uh, Paul uh, joins with Silas, then later Timothy joins them. Uh, Barnabas and Mark they go off as well. And so, uh, anyway, you see, you, you know, you see God still working. Frequently, we bring up how translations are art and kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite, most interesting things is verse thirty nine. And there arose a sharp disagreement, uh-huh. so that they separated. And it's like, I, I at some point, I'd be very intrigued to go back to the original Greek and see, yeah, like, what, what were the words what, there? What, what were they getting at? And it's interesting. I mean, yeah. sharp disagreement seems like a very uh, pointed thing to say uh-huh. in English. It yeah. feels very formal. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm anyway. My my yeah. curiosity is piqued, but again, I can't really make a judgment yeah. on it. I could just say that. That is an interesting translation uh-huh, uh-huh, choice uh-huh, right there. Sure. Cool. Well, anyway, that is Acts 15. Uh, we will catch back up with uh, Acts 16 next week. And uh, just as we always want to say, like, hey, if you can, uh, if you have any questions, we'd love to, to answer. We'd love to, well, try to answer. love to engage. Uh, so leave any questions in the comments. You can always email us at podcast at calvary.church. Uh, you can find this podcast, this resource, and more on our website, calvary.church slash resources, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. And as always, keep your Bibles open because Jesus matters most. Thanks for listening to The Deep Dive, a Calvary Church Media Productions podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. And if anyone has a shorter table, info at calvary.church.